The sky is gray, the ground is white, the air is still. You drop your head back, eyes shut, mouth gaped, tongue pointing skyward for a fleeting taste of a freshly caught snowflake. Welcome to The Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, and this episode was written by Joe Horn. Winters these days in coastal New England summon within me the same kind of poised attention that I had as a child staring out the window at school. Will it snow? Will school be canceled? Can I play in it yet? I love everything about snow. I love when an Alberta clipper powders us with snow so dry and fluffy that I can blow a mittenful sparkling across the landscape in a big breathy puff. I love the heavy wet nor'easters which back right up onto your stoop like a cement mixer piling a yard of the Atlantic's finest winter building material, the primordial stuff of Frosty the Snowman, snow forts and palaces, and snowballs destined to splat like a treacherous grin on the face of a friend or sibling. Above all, I love the tranquility and quiet offered by a still windless snowstorm when all the birds hush, the squirrels bed down, and I can lie down and imagine I can hear every individual snowflake alight upon a winter world. But snow is so much more than just the fluffy stuff blanketing our terrestrial world. For today's episode, we will travel to the very birthplace of a snowstorm to understand snowflake formation. When liquid water evaporates, or solid ice sublimates, it transforms into the gas we know as water vapor. This water vapor travels skyward where it drifts around until it gets caught up with just the right changes in atmospheric pressure and temperature, along with dust, pollen, or smoke, to allow it to coalesce into a cloud. Depending on the temperature of the air, all sorts of different things can happen. In the case of snow formation, the water vapor becomes super chilled, far below the freezing point of water, so when it comes into contact with the dust, pollen, or smoke, the water vapor instantly forms a microscopic crystal of ice in a process called deposition. This new crystal is even more effective at collecting more water vapor thanks to a minute electrostatic charge that is inherent to all water molecules. As more and more molecules clump together on this crystal, it eventually forms a snowflake. Depending on the air temperature and ambient water supply where the snowflake forms, and whether or not the temperature changes as the snowflake forms, the resulting crystal can dramatically change shape. Furthermore, even though snowflakes often form at high elevations in Earth's atmosphere, you can actually tell what temperature the atmosphere was where the snowflake formed based on its crystalline shape. With ample moisture, stellar dendrites, those classic six-pointed star-shaped flakes, will form between 0 and 32 degrees Fahrenheit. With moderate moisture at the same temperatures, instead of star shapes, we get what snow scientists call plates, perfect hexagonal flakes often with a crystalline pattern across the surface. At around 20 degrees Fahrenheit with low moisture, crystals take on the form of needles, sheaths, columns, and prisms. These are the snowflakes that fall quickly and can even sting as they hit your face with much greater speed than plates and stellar dendrites. As temperatures take a turn for the frigid up there, from negative 20 to negative 40 degrees Fahrenheit, those same columns will grow even longer, can become hollow, and may even become pointed on the ends. These super-chilled snowflakes tend to capture and refract light, thus creating interesting atmospheric optics, like halos and sundogs, which can encircle the sun with sweeping arcs, rings, and antelions, or points of light where arcs intersect. 
These are just a few of the nearly countless forms snowflakes can take. So next time you are out in a snowstorm, you can try extending your mittened hand to catch and observe a snowflake. Can you identify the shape you see and determine at what temperature it formed? We will put a link to some helpful snowflake identification keys on our blog to help you with your snowy explorations. You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Have a nature question that you want us to answer on our show? Simply reach out to us. Theme music was by a pileated woodpecker made available by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phenology. (laughs) ¶¶